Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. He's back! Finally! Yay! You're back from your real job. Yes. Yep. Of uh, accounting. Audits, audits are caught up. Until We're next good time. Good to go. Until next audit. Which is what, quarterly or annually? Oh, it's, we're a Who non-profit knows? that is federally funded. We get audited all the time. <laughs> so at least it's so. nothing like super stressful, like when someone, oh, I'm getting audited. It's like, no, you knew this No, it's, it's, it's routine for us. It's not like, oh, we did something wrong and they're out to get us. No, this is just to make sure we're up to par. Yay. Hopefully, so. hopefully all passing and everything. Yep. I'm sure you're probably fine. I'm not worried about it. It's just a lot of work. Yeah. Fun, fun. Yep. Anyway, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, this week, we want to talk about costumes. Last week, we talked about masks. I was like, I can't think of anything else. So what goes with the mask? A good costume. So uh, some of our favorite costumes, heroes or villains. Mine happen to be all heroes. I don't know about you guys. Yep, mine did too. So. Mine goes back and forth. All right, cool. Laura covers the villains. And we're good enough for the rest. Uh, so... Who would like to go first? I think Jared should, since he missed last week. All right. Um, one of my favorite costumes was by uh, Tim Drake, Robin. It was after uh, Infinite Crisis. And originally, he, when he became Robin, he uh, got rid of the short shorts and kind of upgrade, upgraded and updated the costume to where it had pants. They were still green and everything like that. Um, he had uh, green gloves, green pants, black boots. And uh, the cape, it wasn't just a yellow cape anymore. It was uh, black on the outside and red on the inside. So, But after his best friend Connor Kent, who was Superboy, ha- was killed in Infinite Crisis, he changed his color scheme to uh, remove all green. So his primary colors were red and black, which was Connor Kent's, just to honor his friend and everything like that. So he got rid of the tunic and wore just a long sleeve type of armored shirt and pants and his pants were red and changed his uh boots and gloves all black and the cape remained the same but i always like that color scheme for robin the just the red black with the yellow highlights here and there it's a darker yeah sort of take on him yeah a little bit so. not, as, not as much as bait as right. what batman has said like oh i yeah. use you as bait yeah it's bright colorful bait no he can wrap him his cape around him and be all black you know but or uh, if he gets cold yeah exactly <laughs> So he doesn't have the short shorts and short sleeves anymore, so he should be at least a little bit warmer than the previous two Robins. You would think. So, but yeah, I, that one was my favorite Robin costume out of all of them. Damien's is pretty good. But I like Damien's because he has the hood. Just yeah. because. Same here. I mean. That was a good twist and it's good character, not just like Jason Todd was wearing Dick Grayson's costume. No, they actually built this costume for Damien. Right. Like, Damien reminds me of, uh, I play the game Assassin's Creed, so they always have the cl- like cloak oh, with the yeah. hood. And it was like, oh, that always reminds me of Dark and Broody, and that's that's Damien. He's yep. Dark and Broody. Yep. So, Laurel, who is first on your list? And these lists are no particular order of who's favorite or least favorite. I just, no. at least mine's not. No. Yeah, I was debating that. I was like, should I start with the one that I feel like I know the best, or should I start with crappier ones and work my way up to something better? But I think I'll go... Best to least, kind of. Um, I kind of picked a costume that's sort of a living entity in itself. The black costume from Spider-Man that first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man 252. Although I guess technically it was the Secret Wars. I'm not sure if this was a crossover issue or not. But well, I think um, it first appeared in his issue, but the first like time he saw it was in Secret Wars. Okay. 
if I remember like they released it or like, yeah. oh, oops, why is a black suit? Uh, find out next week and you see the origin of it or like whatever. That sounds right. Yeah, I think that that was a blurb in what I was reading for, for highlights and background stuff today. Because I think Secret Sorry, Wars is credited things. for the first appearance as well. Mm-hmm. Even though it did come out after that Spider-Man issue. Mm-hmm. I hate first appearances so much. And it's Marvel first appearances. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Like Wolverine. Yeah. Right. yeah. Let's not go there. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> yeah, it might even be like release date stuff too. Not even worrying about first appearances, but did things get released in the order they're supposed to be in? Like right. cur- current comics too, where I'm like, wait a minute, this story's over and they're still having crossovers over here. That King and Black sense. is what she's referring to. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, actually I am referring to the King in Black because this will eventually become Venom. So um, the black costume, uh, a tidbit of story that I've seen before but forgot if it was really real, but I'm believing it now that I've seen it twice. Apparently, um, Randy Scholler came up with the idea for the black costume for Spider-Man in a contest that Marvel put on in 1982. But originally he was like, oh, I think Reed Richards should design this like unstable molecules suit with stealth properties and it focuses on having a black look to it instead of being the bright red and blue for spider-man he thought that'd be a great idea and apparently marvel agreed and spent they like paid him 220 dollars to say this is our idea now not yours that guy's probably kicking himself now he he got hosed on that one yep um yeah and then they they did change the idea a decent amount because they turned it into just this fabric that came out of a special machine in the secret wars but then they I think that they also said they did some sort of poll where people said, don't change Spider-Man's costume. What are you doing? So then they're like, oh, how do we make it so we can get out of this too? Well, let's make this fabric actually a living creature. And then they're like, oh, it's a symbiote and it's making Spider-Man go crazy and he has to get rid of it and he has to use Sonics to get it off. And so then, of course, the costume goes on to Eddie. And to me, that's when it really becomes venom like it's really its own thing and i would agree to me yeah yeah same here before it was just a symbiote didn't have personality or anything then it truly became venom when it was with eddie absolutely yeah and that's when i think of venom and the black costume i always think of like his big muscles because in in the comics they say eddie was an experienced brawler i like that phrase but in like the cartoon he was a bodybuilder and that's why he was huge and i remember in the cartoon too i loved how when he had highlights of the suit, they'd be red and blue still, but they're like just barely like outlines of his features were red and blue, but it was a black suit and his giant teeth and his huge tongue that can go everywhere. And I also, I kind of, this kind of reminds me of the Hobgoblin hole I went down before where I thought, oh, and then after Eddie, the symbiote went on to Matt Gargan. And then he, to differentiate that suit, he had like tiny eyes but then he had the big venomized eyes around it like the white i don't know how to describe this well i'm sorry but it reminded me of the the spawn suit too so if you're familiar with spawn you might understand more how the symbiote changed itself when it met with gargan and then after gargan it went on to flash thompson and i felt like that was a really good run too where you even learned more about the symbiote and it actually got its own voice, like its own real voice. And that was the Agent Venom storyline. Yeah, sorry. I was going to get there, I promise. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was cool how for, for Flash being, see, they they were doing like a, 
a United States secret agent kind of thing. So he looked more armored and like he was uh, going into combat and he had these big shoulder pads. And it looked like a football player, which is which makes sense because he was a football player. It had like the shoulder pads of a football player with spikes. I mean, it had spikes on the end, which reminds me of uh, the Legion of Doom if you're a wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll have to look into Legion of Doom. But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know enough football. It doesn't really remind me of football as much, but I'll let you have that. And um, I think it was Venom Space Knight was a series where um, the symbiote is being drawn back to its home planet of Clintar and needs to be cleansed and all this stuff. And they go into a lot of history of that. And yeah, so basically there was just a lot going on with this costume and it had many iterations. I guess lots of people have lots of iterations of their costumes, don't they? And I, I thought I'd throw out there too some other hosts that the symbiote took over at some point. There was Telcar was supposed to be a scroll or maybe a, a Cree. Sorry, I always mix them up, which is terrible because they're like mortal enemies. Not anymore. But, ever since well, Empire came out. Back yeah, in the day. Yes. Up until last year. Thing. Up until, you know, 2020, which anything happens <laughs> in 2020. Yep. Even the Kree and the Skrulls can be friends in 2020. <laughs> yeah, and anyway, so Telcar, Lee Price, Doc Ock for a minute when um, he was the superior Venom, which I totally forgot about. I'm going to have to reread those issues. So yeah, just about everybody has bonded with Venom at some point and worn the black costume. And it's it's interesting to me how, how that's turned out. Oh, and another honorable mention, sorry, I almost forgot. Gwenum from the Ghost Spider and Spider-Gwen comics. She even has a, let's see, she's an artificial symbiote. And I think that costume's really cool too, where the tongue actually, like her whole outfit is mostly black, but then there's this red stripe that goes around her whole hood and her face and then down across her chest and like flares out past her leg. And that's kind of representing the tongue that Venom would normally have. And it's a really cool costume too. It's a shame you people can't see these things. So definitely get on the internet and Google these things. And check out Venomverse, which you can see a whole bunch of Venom symbiotes. Mm -hmm. And the, the King in Black handbook also has a lot of the stuff I was referencing it earlier. All right. Anything else on Venom slash Black Suit Spidey? Not yet, but if I think of okay. something, I'll, I'll cut I'll, in and I'll be cu- like, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll cut you off then before we go too long. <laughs> All right. So first one for my list is Cloak from the Cloak and Dagger series. Um, this one stood out to me because his costume is his superpower, more or less. He has, what is, I Google search it because admittedly I don't know a whole lot. But his powers revolve around the idea of darkness and light as a reflection of them being two different backgrounds and their general personas. Cloak can disperse enemies into a dimension of darkness, transport into a dark region, and become a ghost-like intangible force. So him and his partner, Dagger, they are crime fighters. They're crime fighter runaways that uh, they can they, in, they go inside of him to like teleport to different areas of the world and everything. And I just think it's really cool that, like, hey, my power is I have this weird cloak and I can turn into darkness. And I don't know. It just seems really cool where he can. I love teleportation. So, like, all right. Oh, you go ahead. Punch me. Oh, you missed. Now you're sucked in my void. Have fun with that. <laughs> um, and especially with him being teamed up with Dagger, who casts, like, throws hard light daggers, more or less. And all right, cool. So she has the light. He has the cloak. They team up. All works out. Yeah, it's balance. It's balance. It brings balance to their own force. 
Yeah, and they had a good one-shot recently in the K and Black arc. I forget if I mentioned it, but it would be good for people to look into that, too, for more on Cloak and Dagger. So, yeah. Uh, check out Cloak. Uh, we even have the trade paperback, Cloak and Dagger, Cloak and Dagger, Shadows and Light. So, it's a pretty good size, and it's only thirty four ninety nine. You should check it out. All right, Jared, who is next on your list? Okay, it's maybe not my favorite costume out there, but I always thought the idea of the Green Lantern costume just awesome. I mean, it's basically a conjure, or he conjures it from his imagination, but it's like the Green Lantern Corps' uh, police suit, pretty much. It's their uniform. No matter what you think of the Green Lantern movie, the costume design isn't the greatest, but its functionality is really good in the movie. I mean, it's basically he can just pop it on and off whenever he needs to. Which is pretty accurate in comics, yeah. too. Like, right. I mean, it comes out of the ring. It's a right. construct, more or less. Yeah, and it's not... It, I always liked it because he didn't have to wear his you know, super suit under his clothes or anything like that. It was just like, oh, I'm needed to do superhero stuff. Bam, I'm, I'm dressed, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. It can hide or reveal his mask just you know they do a really good job of that in the movie except for well we're not going to go there. Well, no i may have missed the but are you thinking specifically of um uh, hal jordan's green lantern or just green lanterns as a whole as a whole well i was going to mention uh, most of like like hal jordan's costume is like the green lantern uniform kyle rayner and guy gardner both did some variations their own, made it their own. Still had the Green Lantern logo, but it was their own costume. It wasn't their leather, out of leather uniform. jacket. Yeah, yep. Sky Gardner. Yeah. He's gonna do whatever he wants. How he got picked to be Green Lantern, no one ever knows. But uh, Kyle Rayner, he was an artist, so he changed it up to a, a design he liked. Well, so, wasn't he the White Lantern leader also? for a little while? Yeah. yeah. Yep. He was the. Did he have the? Green Lantern entity in him for a I, while. I think so. Code name of Ion? Possibly. I know, like, oh, he became, like, I've read those. super zen and, like, hippie with everything. Like, yeah. all right, and now, boom, White Lantern. I control all the lanterns, basically. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I always liked the the idea of the Green Lantern costume. And it's a pretty good design. I mean, it's, it's a design that's lasted since the 1960s. Yeah, I mean, even... So, even what? the current stuff is still... Very close to that, at or least. You look at the newer, newest, newest slash newer of uh, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. They're still very similar to that. Yeah, there's some variation on it. Jessica's especially. Well, actually, Simon's too, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, most of them are all all the same. If you look at the different lanterns, aliens and stuff, they all, all have a suit very similar to Hal Jordan's, at least on the surface. I would definitely say Hal and John's are the most similar. Yeah. Yeah, they just do, but they, those were two military people. That's part right. of, that's their uniform. They're going to do it, you know. No frills, just go. Yep. So, yeah, Green Lantern um, and actually Sinestro also, all the Sinestro core, all of his were really good too. It's like a yellow version of the Green Lantern, but instead of like a green front, it's more yellow jagged dagger. Yellow and black. Yeah. Instead of green and black. Yeah. I like how each lantern has their own symbol. Like they, yeah. no matter who, who they are and what costume they, they have to have their whatever color lantern symbol on. I'm like, isn't that a little like? Come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. But that's, whatever. That's their core. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it like Superman's S? He's always got the S. I guess something like that. Spider Man's got his spider. So, usually. Yeah. Unless he's the night monkey. Yeah, that's special though. <laughs> yeah. All right, Laura. Who's next on your list? Spider Man. 
Spider-Man villain. Oh, okay. I decided to go with the Shocker. And, like, word of caution, when I said Google things earlier, be careful how you word your Google searches, by the way. Search, like, <laughs> Shocker Marvel Comics. Yep. Yeah, definitely do that. Because if you search Shocker costume, you get some funny results, but they're they're not what you would expect. Well, you maybe yourse- they are what you would expect. But. You yourself will be shocked. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of another story. Anyways, so I, I looked up the Shocker because... I kind of, I couldn't remember exactly why he had, like, the the crisscrosses all over his costume. I was like, I remember it being something kind of silly. It's like fishnets. And, yeah. And it turns out, and he even makes a joke himself, I believe it's from the Superior Foes of Spider-Man when he was in that run. Um, I think it's by, shoot, I want to say Nick Cage. That's not right. Anyway. Nick Spencer. Nick Spencer did Superior Foes of Spider-Man, I do believe. But he did a really funny run of all these kind of D-list villains, including Shocker. And he's like, I'm essentially wearing a quilt, people. How how seriously is anyone going to take me? Um, but part of why it's quilted is because his VibroShock gauntlets create such a vibration, like that's the whole point, that he needs to protect himself. So he's like super padded to avoid being... Destroyed himself with his own ability. Yeah. And his first appearance, sorry, I should have started here, was Amazing Spider-Man number 46 in 1967. And I actually don't think his costume has changed a whole lot in that amount of time. And I also wanted to throw out a funny tidbit. In the cartoon, at some point, when Spider-Man was trying to disable his costume and, like, make his vibroshock gauntlets explode, he threw him in a a tower, a water tower. And so when he's trying to run away from it, he has to strip off his suit really fast. And when he jumps out, I was like, oh, I'm going to find out who he is. And I slow mode it, but he still had his mask on. And I was like, oh, they ruined it. Although later when I found out that he was Herman Schultz, I was like, who's this guy? I I got no idea. No one cares. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't like Iron Man. I found out who he was because I slow mode the thing when I saw him putting his helmet on. I was like, oh, it's Tony Stark. Found out later that wasn't really a revelation. That's okay. (laughs) Is that it for Shocker? Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. You just trailed off all of a sudden like, is that a transition? <laughs> well, I, I thought you were going to ask me something. You, you looked at me like you were going to say something. So I. Mostly asking if you were done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm done now. All right. So my second second costume that I really like is Moon Knight. And that is played by Mark Spector. Uh, I like it because he is a nighttime criminal. Or not criminal. Nighttime hero that... Uh, instead of, you know, normal at night, you want to blend in so you wear dark clothes and dark colors and everything. He's like, no, I'm going to wear pure white because I want the villains that I'm going to beat up see me because I want to terrify them. Like, hey, oh, crap, he's watching. There he is. We should, you know, act act nice. And it uh, Moon Knight is very much similar and completely different than Batman. He is the, <laughs> like, still, he's still broody and kind of extra crazy but he's extra crazy and he's he's actually a schizophrenic and has multiple personalities um there's a run a couple years ago that was i believe by jeff lemire that he adopted this new personality called mr knight where he was still all white like he would wear an all white suit though instead of a superhero costume he'd still have a mask on but he was mr knight he was a almost like a gangster style of vigilante and I think he did have some criminal dealings with that also. I'm not positive. I need to reread it all because it's been a long time. But you should check it out because he has his 
his versions of the Batarang, which are like little moon crescents that he throws at people. Like, oh, that's okay. You're definitely trying to be Batman, but you know, all white instead. And it kind of shows how crazy Batman is. And if you look at the right perspective, like, no, that guy's crazy. So, uh, Moon Knight, check it out. And he's a very unique character that there are rumors that he will be in a new either movie or TV series with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And if I were to bet money on it, I would say they'd probably follow the Jeff Lemire run because that has been the most modern and probably most successful run of Moon Knight. All right, Jared, who's the last one on your list? Um, I actually have two more on my list. One I just wanted to mention was Nightwing. Not his current or anything like that, but there's one costume back in New Titans that I remembered that I really liked. So I actually found out which issue it was and everything, and it was uh, New Titans 114. It was his old disco-style costume, not the one with his, the big collar and his chest hair showing and stuff, but it was the one right after that where it was, like, all blue, but it had, like, the gold V, what would normally be where his black and blue V is right now. That's kind of what it was. But um, Still rocking the mullet, though, if yeah, I remember correctly. I believe so, yes. But uh, he uh, had, like, a, a biker jacket or something with it that was still within his costume design. It was a blue jacket with the gold, like, v on the back and cuffs uh gold cuffs around but uh yeah that was it on nightwing all right so uh just wanted to check that out it new titans number 114 i don't know what year it came out but it's been a while also check out the <laughs> nightwing costume that is the beginning of new 52 the red with the, in the wing part yeah there's really cool too. another nightwing one that was really good uh back in nightwing one oh one one around 110 i know the number series was close to that but he was kind of the not a villain but he wasn't nightwing at the time but he had a different kind of costume that had the red v on it but that one was good too so okay so my last pick was actually uh batgirl but not it was the stephanie brown costume not the Barbara Gordon. Right. Or the Cassandra Kane, which was all black and it's still or is batgirl now near as i can tell I believe. I think so. She is Batgirl since Barbara. Spoiler, she, something. Because she was orphan. Oh, Cassandra. Yeah, I think Cassandra is going back to Batgirl now. now. Because because Barbara is going back as Oracle. And Stephanie is spoiler. Correct. But uh, her costume I really liked because it was all black like um, Cassandra's, but around the sides where ribs are and all the way down her legs, it was the purple, which was like a tribute to her spoiler identity and it also had like the yellow batgirl symbol plus the yellow utility belt to kind of honor barbara as the older or the is the og yeah as the og i can't really say she's the original original batgirl but (laughs) in this universe she's the original so but i really like that one and it was designed by oracle barbara gordon so I know there were times where she should have been electrocuted, but no, Batgirl or Barbara Gordon insulated the suit, and, you know. (laughs) She saw this problem happening. Yeah, she put every bit of her crime-fighting knowledge into this suit, and it was a pretty great suit. So, and I like that uh, Batgirl run of Stephanie Brown. I don't know if if we can get trades of it anymore, but it was a fun run. But come in and ask, and we will try. Yeah. Yep. So... Yeah, it's uh, there was a definitely a mixture of all three Batgirls just paying tribute to the past and moving forward with it, and I loved it. All right, Laura, who's the final one on your list? I think that I'm going to do my my short one. I don't have a whole lot to say about Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales, um, but I just got a kick out of 
I don't know how many of you remember when he first was discovering his powers and Genki was helping him to become a costumed superhero. Genki pulled out this Halloween costume and was like, this is what you need to wear. This will make you Spider-Man. This is the most authentic thing. And Miles is like, oh, you spent so much money on this Halloween costume and like, it's kind of terrible. And as soon as he goes out, and oh, wait, before he goes out, he's like, are, are you sure? Is this in poor taste? And like every other panel as he's wearing this Halloween costume and trying to be the new Spider-Man, everyone's like, that's in such poor taste, dude. Why are you wearing that costume? You can't wear the red and blue. Spider-Man's dead. Like, so yeah, what keep, are you doing? Keep in mind, this is the ultimate <laughs> universe where regular Spider-Man Peter Parker was dead. Yeah, he'd like just died, like in the last week or so, I think. <laughs> and so then... um, because there's this kid out there in bad taste, um, I think it's Spider-Woman in this universe. Who is finds a clone him. of Peter Parker. Probably. Yeah, I'm not sure which Spider-Woman it is, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can't think, think that of is her. Right. Yeah, that's the clone. And she looks like Venom, actually, come to think of a it. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but she finds him and is like, okay, how, how serious are you? And kind of How much takes... do you want your butt yeah. kicked, pretty much? Yeah, that too. <laughs> and he meets... Nick Fury and Iron Man and Hawkeye and they talk to him a little bit and after a little bit they're like, oh, maybe you are worthy of the webs, but they make him his own webs and then he gets the the black and red suit for the, the normal, pretty standard Ultimate Spider-Man Miles Morales costume. I think the Miles Morales costume is actually one of my favorite Spider-Man costumes. I really like that one. All right, and the final one on my list is Batman! But not just regular Batman. So regular Batman is always cool with the classic tail. You know, tall ears, small ears, black cape, purple cape, nipples, no nipples. Um, but my favorite one is from the deceased storyline, actually, um, where Batman, slight spoiler alert, but it's the cover of the book. Batman becomes a zombie. And in order to com combat that a little bit and stay Batman as long as he can... He decides that he needs to cool out. So it is a Batman costume that is wearing a Mr. Freeze costume. Oh, yeah. And that's just really cool. Like, oh, uh, if it, it's going to metastasize, like, you know, I got to do what I can to slow it down so I can help people as long as I can. So, all right, put on Mr. Freeze costume and freeze my body to slow it down as much as long as possible. And that was just really cool. Yeah, like, that was really cool. And not just the pun, but it was just really neat as well. So that, that is Deceased. You should check it out. Um, yeah. Uh, honorable mention for costumes, though, Iron Man slash War Machine, because those are probably the, the most technically advanced costumes. And Iron Spider, because that is also really cool when it's used. And he had stabby arms coming out of his back. Although I think, I think Superior Spider-Man did it better, because he, instead of, I believe in the comics, the Iron Spider had three legs, Three robotic legs. The superior Spider-Man with Doc Ock actually had four robotic legs. He was actually able to... He was basically Doc Ock as Spider-Man, so he'd have problems himself with robotic legs while still doing stuff and everything. And he had cool gadgets, too, so... Yeah, I really should have gone into the superior costumes a little better, but I picked different routes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can my, always revisit these more. Yeah. <laughs> one of my honorable mentions was Bucky's cap costume. Yeah. Bucky's cap was really good. Definitely really cool. That was and, one of my favorite Captain America runs in general. And I want to say an honorable mention is Sam Wilson, Captain America, especially the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. 
They did hint, a good hint, job. If you hadn't watched the last, this last episode, sorry. It's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. So. The rule is the Monday after is we can start talking and posting spoilers. So, All right. With that, we'll move on to our comic books of the week. Uh, what stood out for you guys? I will go first. Um, I actually liked uh, my runner-up, my honorable mention, is Darth Vader number 11. It's uh, kind of a tie-in to the Rise of Skywalker movie. Um, Darth Vader finds Exegol. Is that how you pronounce it? I, I'm I can't remember. I, whatever. Yes. The it planet that uh, the Sith were on in The Last Jedi, he finds it. Palpatine is already building his or fleet. Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker. I said that wrong, yes. didn't I? The final yep. episode yes. nine. Yes, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, Darth Vader finds Ex- Exegol, and there is a giant kyber crystal. He's starting to build all of his uh, fleet of ships, um, he still has like the, um, robotic arm and leg from the battle droids that he slew. So he's still kind of trying to, he's basically going after Palpatine for, you know, wrecking him so badly right now. And they're, there's a big fight. Yeah. They put it up. They are there. The whole story is he's going to fight Palpatine. This is one of the best Vader issues of this story arc. Yeah. The first six issues was great with the whole Padme and her guard. And I'll be honest, the last few episodes or last few issues, I've been kind of, yeah. started to fall off, but it, this one came back around. This was really good. Yeah. I, it, I like how it tied in with the movie and yeah. cool. Had they showed this before, then maybe the movie scene could have been cooler. Other than like, yeah. Hey, where'd this fleet come out of nowhere? Right. Well, here it is. Right. I mean, this is adding a lot more to the Rise of Skywalker movie, and it really helps. <laughs> right. Uh, one that is actually my pick of the week and Mark's pick of the week uh, was Robin number one, where the last few issues of Detective and Batman, there was teasing a little story of what's going on with Damien, and like he, there's a falling out between him and Bruce of what he's going to do, where he's going to go, and this is him... Still taking the name Robin, but going off on his own. And he basically enters a Mortal Kombat-style tournament um, that is on this secret island, and it's for the Lazarus something, rather, I forget. League of Lazarus. League of Lazarus. Thank you. Good job for taking notes. Yep. That's the only thing I wrote down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where, yeah, he is fighting people, and, of course, Damien is cocky. Like, no, please, I can beat you. I don't care that I'm 14. doesn't matter. And he backs it up until, let's just say, someone might have the upper hand on him. Uh, that is Robin number one. You should check it out. Uh, except we are sold out of the store right now. Hopefully we'll get more back in soon, but we are sold out just right going to say I missed it because it wasn't on the wall, yep. and I'd never added it to my pull list. Yep, it was Mark so. and I's pick of the week originally, then we sold out, so he picked other books for the week. Yeah, I'm going to have to, once the restock comes in, I'm going to have to get my issue of that. So yeah, it was really good. Laura, what's yeah. that up to you? I think that I will... I think I should start with more Miles Morales Spider-Man. Um, it was issue 25 this week came out, and it's the beginning of his own clone, clone saga. The clones, so, yay! Yeah. yeah, I know everyone loves clones, and there's a good uh, guest star appearance from the original Spider-Man. And of course, he's he thinks that Miles is either a clone, or I guess they don't think clone at first. He thinks that Miles just has gone bad at first. So he comes in swinging and fighting Miles when Miles is just trying to track down these clones that are ruining his good name. 
And of course they have to have like the hero fight where the whole time the the one hero is saying to the other hero, I'm a good guy. Listen to me. Let's talk this out. Stop punching me. And it's like, why do heroes do that at first when they're not really meeting resistance? Like, you can talk it out first. But anyways, and then there's all these jokes where Miles is saying to Peter, you don't know what it's like when someone has your face. Um, yes, I do. Like, and and you stole my costume for a while too. So <laughs> Hello, like, I know, Spider-Man. <laughs> I know a whole lot here. <laughs> Listen to me, kid. And so yeah, other than just all those little jokes. Um, Miles is trying to track down these scientists are being kidnapped and these other people who look like him, kind of. Like, there are other... They're not all clones, and they're not all identical. And I don't exactly know what's going on yet, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. But he's following the clues of they're stealing tech, they're stealing scientists, they're patching a plot, obviously. And there's also a... A little backstory in it too that was weird but funny and I'm sure if you buy the comic you might as well read both stories you know and the I'm trying to remember the name of the bad guy in the backstory because it was a funny pun the bumbler and he was like shooting honeycombs and things at spider-man it's like what what is going on with this but it does end up a little hilarious there's some like comic relief in the very back of that spider-man issue so go get Spider-Man, or sorry, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, 25. Jerry, what else did I do this week? Okay, so my pick of the week was Teen Titans Academy number two. I thought this was a really good follow-up to the first issue. Um, it still has that same feel as the first issue. They're really continuing the story with it. Um, the first thing that jumped out to me that I really liked was there is a lot of different characters. Um, the first one that really jumped out to me was... Um, an amputee, uh, she, I can't think of her name. She, uh, she takes the name Bolt midway through, though. Yeah, I think that's right. But, uh, yeah, Bolt. Um, I want to say Alita or Atlanta or something like sounds that. Sounds right, yeah. But uh, she's an amputee who's, uh, but she's a speedster, so she's uh, has no real legs. But uh, she's got some. Um, Alinta, I think. A-L-I-N-T-A. Alinta. Um, she's got. Uh, yeah, prosthetic legs. Pro- thank you, prosthetic legs. I couldn't think of the word. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was really neat that she's a speedster and even cyborgs telling her, you know, uh, don't overdo it, uh, do small sprints. Don't go for long range right now. You know, I think he's going to help her build up to that. There's another character who looks like Connor Kent, the clone of Superman's, but they don't know if he's a clone or not. They don't know anything about him. So cyborg and Nightwing are talking a little bit about him, but, uh, Nightwing and Starfire hook up again. And he and it's only more of a love trial now, love yeah. triangle now. Because... Yeah, because he mentions Barbara and she basically is like, All right, we're we're gonna go to class now. Like they're much. definitely rooming together because he's walking yeah. around in his underwear and she's like putting on her pants. Yeah. So like I know they've always hinted at the flirtation, but oh, they've, they've never they've done it before. But I'm saying Several recently times I'm in, saying recently, oh, and though, recently no. Like they still go back and but this is like for sure, like they're actually yeah. together together, it seems. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, it has some great stuff like with the, uh, students in the hallways and, you know, it really feels like it's a school and cyborg tells the kids as they're training with beast boy to hit him, uh, between the legs. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. That's basically, you know, star or, uh, cyborg and beast boy, but it does have some more red X who is red X. We don't know yet. Uh, there is a slight fight scene with Nightwing and red X. That and was, Nightwing gets saved yeah, by one of the students. By the speedster Bolt. that has, 
Yeah, by Bolt. So yeah, this was a lot of fun again. It this I'm really looking forward to see where they're going with it. So there's traitors amongst the midst, midst I think. So we'll yeah, see. Definitely some of the students know, one, at least one of the students know, or a group of them, know who Red X is. Yeah, I think so too. So there's a, still a lot of mystery to it and who is Red X. I, I'm i looking forward to see where they're going with it. But there is a setup on the last page. For another team to pop in. Yes. We're not going to say who. Yeah, I'm not going to say who, but I liked it. Yeah. It was fun. I, I'm really enjoying that series. That one, I hope it stays this vibe, the way the writing style, art's good. You know, I hope the, this creative team stays with it for a while. This is a great way to introduce new characters. It is. is through a young class, that's, you actually build a relationship as a team and go out from yep. there. Uh, I don't know how many times I've said, like, this reminds me of Strange Academy that Marvel's doing. Yeah. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, the X-Men Academy that they've done several iterations. I mean, if you want to create new characters, give us a reason to care. Yeah. Best way to do that is put them in for young characters, put them in a school together. Yeah. So with, you actually see the relationships with yeah, everybody. With your established characters as the teachers. I think that's a great formula for comics. Absolutely. To introduce new young teenage style characters. And then Titans Academy is doing it really well. And I still love the Mr. Nightwing or Mr. Beast <laughs> Boy. That's cracking me up. Uh, at one point, I believe Cyborg's like, hey, Dick, shh. No, yeah, no, no. no We're in front of students. He's Nightwing. calling me Mr. Nightwing. Like, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I guess. Uh, one of the books that stood out to me this week was Detective Comics number 1035. But I'll be honest, the main story I was kind of meh on has a new villain. And the cover says, The Wrath of Mr. Worth. It's an old rich white dude that I don't really care about. It is what it is. But what I do care about is the backup story inside that follows the Huntress. And she's basically talking about like, how she has no friends other than you know, like work friends and you know other heroes but they're they're not really friends but she befriends a civilian that goes out about every night at the same time to walk her cat and something bad happens to her and she re looks like she's going to be adopting a cat i'll put it that way so uh this is the first part of that backup looks like there will be more but i don't know how much longer it'll be but i would like to have her as a backup story instead of having her own i think it works really well to like all right we'll have a miniature story yeah in that and just add basically bonus content to the original story oh yeah huntress has always been a popular character but i think she's always been better as a backup story or on a team absolutely and don't don't uh brush off Mr. Worth right now or whatever because what happened with uh, oh, I, Ghostmaker. Ghostmaker. I was about to say Ghostface, but I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> All I know Close is... So. I mean, I'll keep reading, but as of right now, I don't care. Yeah. I didn't care when I first, first saw the cover. But yeah, definitely check out, at least for the backup story, like you said, that one was really good. Yep. I like Detective when they do the backup stories and everything. And Those the, are a lot of fun. And if you haven't been reading it, this is the very beginning of a new story arc, so yeah. definitely a chance yeah. to jump in on it. Yeah, it was definitely self-contained. You didn't need to know what was going on. As long as you know who Batman is, okay, you're good. Although, I feel like the issue right before this may have explained a little bit about the woman who was kidnapped and Worth's daughter, if you care. Yeah. So Not maybe one issue before this, but yeah, here here's a good starting point. All right, Laura, anything stand out to you this week? Um, Another one that I got a kick out of, it was Helm Greycastle number one. I actually, I wasn't super excited about the story. But in the back of it, and I wish that it was describing it more on the cover, there's a D&D style adventure and it tells you like how to do a campaign. And I thought that was a really interesting take for the comic book to have. It's sort of just under half the book is the D&D &D part of it. Yeah. 
yeah, I got to the end of the issue and I was like, this is still really thick. What the heck? And then I was like, oh, it's like a story. It's like really text heavy. And I felt like the the description of how to use it as a D&D style adventure made the beginning story make a little more sense too. Like there was some stuff to it that I didn't understand why they were doing what they were doing. But then once you read the back of it, it makes more sense. Um, and really all I wrote, because a, a lot of it was just establishing people. Um, so Helm Grey Castle is the leader, the person. And I thought that was kind of a weird name. Like I'm wondering how this guy got into basically Mesoamerica is where it seems like they are. And I don't I don't understand how these people came to be in this place. But that's kind of what they tell you you need to do when you're establishing your story. It's like, why is your party where they are? How did they meet each other? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, he's got this whole team. There's a, a dwarf, a bard, an elf, a, a fighter. And one of their party has been kidnapped. And they're going off to find the people who took him and figure out why they took him. If you're a fan of D&D, this reads like a you're watching a D&D campaign be played out, basically. It has the typical four or five characters that are the main heroes that you play as with the different races and classes. And yeah, if you're like D&D, definitely check it out. Anything else stand out for you guys this week? Because I have a couple more that I can mention. I go for it. All right. Uh, first up is the trade paperback of The Vein finally came out this week. Ooh, that's a good one. So I know, Jared, that was one of your favorites. Yeah, I really liked that. A bunch of vampires fighting in World War II. Fight Nazis. Yes. Like, oh, we need to fight people. Those guys are bad. Hey, government, we basically can't die. And it's not written as corny as that sounds either. No, Vampires fight versus uh, Nazis. No, it's really well written. And the art's unique. I like it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, what, four or five zombies that are, or not zombies, vampires that are uh, something part like of the that, group. Yeah. So... It's not yeah. like an army of vampires or anything. It's just a handful of them. More, more of a espionage-style warfare against the nazis and the trade is a little expensive at 1999 but it is thicker than oh, most thick, volume though. ones yeah. of trades i think I th- the single issues were pretty thick too because it felt like just reading some of them took time so yeah that is the trade paperback of the vein the other thing that stood out to me this week is finally the hardcover of deceased dead planet came out this week oh finally so that is the third book of deceased that came out um, there was Radio Deceased, Deceased Unkillables, and then Deceased Dead Planet. Unkillables took t- during the same place as the first Deceased, but from the villain's point of view. And Dead Planet is, I want to say like five years after the events of the first it's, Deceased. It's a, it's a way, yeah. Where the heroes that left Earth came back to right. Earth and tried to find a cure. Yep. I mean, it wasn't like 30 years had passed, but it was... It was sometime, but not a whole yeah. lot. Yeah. So yeah, that is Deceased Dead Planet. You can buy all three trades now at the store, and you should because they are good. Yeah. And it's shiny, too. I can see it glinting yeah, from yes. here. The, the hardcovers hard are, have like little, had red, like, metallic uh, paint on it, so. Yeah. The, all three of those Deceased books had that. And... The soft covers do not, though. And right now, only the first Deceased just hit soft cover like a month ago. Yeah. The hardcovers look great, I gotta say. Yeah, those that, would look really good on the shelf. And honestly, I think it's worth just buying as a hardcover because one, you don't have to wait as long. Two, the <laughs> soft cover of volume one is twenty bucks. Hardcover of volume two is thirty bucks. Spend the extra ten; yeah. it's worth it. Yep. So anything else standing out to you guys this week? Um, I feel like mentioning Marvel's number one, even though I, I kind of, it was confusing because it was a time hopping. 
issue. And I know that through. It was very Quentin Tarantino-esque of like, oh, a week from now, five years ago, two weeks ago, yesterday. Half an hour ago. Yeah. (laughs) But I did get a kick out of because the time was going all over the place, it made me sort of look for more details to help me figure out how the timeline was going. And I enjoyed that Captain America was reading the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So at different points, he had the Fellowship or the Two Towers. I don't think he had Return of the King, but I thought it was funny that that's how I knew what timeline he was in. Because I was like, he wouldn't read the books out of order. He's got it. That's got to be this way. Yeah, really, that was it. All right. So with that, we'll move to the part that Jared always forgets about. Dang it. There it is. And that is the hero of the week. They can be comic book related or otherwise. Who would like to go first? I could suck up a little bit. I was thinking that I should say that you're our hero because it's your birthday. Yeah, birthday. And you stopped and helped that lady in the barbershop today. There was a car accident on the way home that I called the ambulance and police for, so. Good job. You are a hero. Yay. All right. No masks required. Yes. Although you probably did wear your mask. But uh, yes. No, because I was in the moment. I didn't think about it. And at least, hey, I have had both my vaccines, so I should be better off than not. And you didn't spit on the lady, so that's all she can ask for. My hero. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's always my go-to. It's like, you don't need a mask if you just don't spit on people. <laughs> I, I, and I know you would have said that. I mean, you always say that, so it, just, it still caught me off this time. All I can picture is him walking up, knocking on the window. Are you okay? She rolls down the window. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my hero of the week is going to be Batman because of Deceased and how he was able to put himself in the Mr. Freeze costume and slow down his zombification so he could help more people before he turned into zombie. All right, Jared. Okay, I'm going to go for a twofer. I'm going to say Falcon and Winter Soldier because that series was really good. I really enjoyed it. They ended strong, and I'm looking forward to what they're going to do next. All right. So with that, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for not spitting on each other. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for sharing. Thanks for caring. And hopefully we'll see you in the shop soon, and we'll go from there. Yep. Come order all these books that we just told you to get. Yeah. So see you all next time. Don't spit on me. Patooing. (laughs) I was really trying not to audibly laugh on that.